Amen. If you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. Amen. Make sure you tune in and you're here tonight, 6 o'clock. The Lord will speak to us, hopefully uh, about restoration, restoring. Uh, I don't, many of you probably have never made a mistake in your life or a bad decision or a wrong choice, but uh, God's going to talk about second chances and third chances. Uh, I had sixth and seventh and eighth chances, so uh, many of you probably didn't need that many chances, uh, but I did. And uh, so if you'd like to be a part of that, it's going to be a great service. But today I feel like I have a word as well from the Lord for you, uh, if not for me. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, good to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. Amen, I've missed you. It's good to see people. Hallelujah. I remember a few months ago when uh, I came in and uh, the, the lights were out uh, like normally when I come early on Sundays and I saw the silhouette over there. Man, it about, it, it about spooked me. I mean, I was just you know, kind of jumping. It was Sister Lisa Cruz's silhouette right there and... Uh, and quickly I had to turn on the lights. I didn't want to get scared. Not uh, just, I, I'm, I'm a little scaredy cat. I was telling uh, Brother uh, Kevin uh, a couple of days ago, I said, you know, I was fresh out of Bible college, and my dad had this uh, church annex hallway. It was a long hallway, and uh, it's okay. Bob says, confess your faults one to another. And uh, so I was, uh, I was always afraid of the dark, and, and it was a long hallway. He, I don't know, he had eight, ten classrooms, Sunday school classrooms. And so I turned off all the lights, and I said, I'm going to conquer this giant, Jesus' name. So I started, I started praying. I turned every light off. I said, I'm not afraid of you, devil. You know, I'm, I'm here to conquer this fear. And all of a sudden, in the midst of my faith, I heard chairs fall over. I about jumped up. I was going, I rebuke you, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus' name. So, hallelujah. Amen. So leave the light on for pastor. Praise God. I don't know where that came from, but uh, here you go. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's okay to smile. Smile a while. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. If any man defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are? I want to talk to you on that thought. What kind of temple are you? God bless you. you may be seated in Jesus' name. Spoke a little bit about it, yes, last Sunday outside of the great mystery, which is the hope of glory. And that is Christ in you. The creator of this world dwelling in his creation. Jesus Christ, God Almighty, living, dwelling, abiding in us. Wow. You think about that. Think about that for a moment. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Great I Am, living 
on the inside of us. Now David penned the words and he didn't even have Jesus inside when he said, Who am I that thou art mindful of me? He didn't have what we have, what we possess. Now some of you may feel like you're entitled to this and that you just deserve it. But I know, Brother Rudy, I don't deserve this. And to understand the great mystery, the hope of glory, that Jesus Christ is dwelling on the inside of me, that makes me happy. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for we are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. This body, this temple, can I give somebody a 411? This body is not yours. It does not belong to you. It belongs to God. It belongs to the Lord for we are bought with a price. He paid the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice. He laid down his life for you and for me. The God of glory shed his blood for you. He was bruised. He was afflicted. He did it all so that we might have life. He bought us with a price. This God abides in this temple. That's why he said, therefore, glory God, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Give him worship, give him praise, give him adoration. Why? Because he dwells on the inside of you. The great mystery, the hope of glory that he dwells in his creation. Oh yeah, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together for he is great and greatly to be praised. Whether you like it or not, this is his temple. And somebody needs to like, wake up tomorrow, go to work, have the biggest smile on your face. For somebody to ask you, why are you smiling? Haven't you heard of COVID? I'm his temple. I'm God's temple. I'm not holy, but he is. And the reason why I'm smiling is because the king lives here. He abides here. I've got worth, I've got value, not in myself, but God dwells on the inside of me. Talk about your parties, talk about the Marlboro man riding a horse. I'm not going to ride a horse, hallelujah. I've got the creator inside of me. This is his temple. Put your shoulders back, lift your head up high. 
and say, I am his. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Jesus Christ dwelling on the inside of you. It's the hope of glory. So Paul begins chapter 3. Dealing with carnal people. In chapter 2, we've talked about this on a Wednesday night. In chapter 2 of Corinthians, he talks about the natural man and the spiritual man. If anybody remembers that. But now in chapter 3, he's dealing with carnal people. And Brother Benia, he even calls them brethren. Carnal brothers. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 says, And I, brethren, <laughs> it's hard to believe, but brothers in the Lord, brothers in Christ, brothers that are supposed to be in the church, they are carnal. I don't know about you today, but I'm praying God Help this preacher not to just go through the mechanics of this thing. Help me not just to get enough to get by. Can I tell you, we know how to sing. We know how to pray. We know how to play church. And some of you know how to manufacture a feel-good service. And I'm praying, God, let me not go through the motions. Let me not lose the wonder of what we feel. Let me not lose the wonder of what we experience for every time we come together in worship. Then the Lord shows up. It is priceless. It is essential. I don't know about you, but I'm saying thank God for your presence. Thank God for your spirit. We started singing today already, and I felt the power of God move in. That's the wonder, the creator abiding with his creation. So Paul says, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Meaning I was hoping to speak to you about spiritual things. I was hoping to dive just a little bit deeper concerning the things of the spirit. But Paul said, I couldn't. Because number one, you couldn't understand it. You wouldn't be able to discern it because you are carnal. But I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. He said, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. What Paul was saying, you haven't grown up yet. There's no progression. You're still the same. Can I just tell someone, I love babies. I love newborn babies. Now I may not be in agreement with everybody when they're saying, oh, your baby's so beautiful. I really don't see that some. Excuse pastor, but many times when I see a baby, I'm like, hmm, looks like an alien. Oh, he looks like mama. He looks like, I hope not. 
that baby hasn't developed yet. But for the most part, we love babies. And we even speak different languages to babies. Ooga, booga, wooga. Ooga, googa. And you're just goo-goo over them and they have no idea what you're saying. The other day, we dropped our baby boy, 18 years of age, back to Stockton. And me and Mama had a pity party. Cried all the way home. And we put in VHS, not VCR, but VHS. They had to go inside the VCR. Had to find a VCR that would work. And we started watching film from 1998 till I don't know what, but I had black hair. I was skinny. <laughs> and we were seeing our babies and we were crying. We were like, oh, where, where did time go? And then Brooklyn came home the next day and she was like, watching a few of these and she's like, well, well, Dad, can I ask you a question? I was like, I hope not. She said, well, uh, do you like us now or do you like us then? Sometimes you realize you haven't studied for that test yet and you don't know the correct answer to give. <laughs> but I said, I like you both. <laughs> I loved you then, but I like you now. But babies are beautiful. Everybody loves babies. And at times I was defined. I've had a, little, a lot of titles in my name. Uh, I've done a lot of things. But there was a period of time that one of my titles were, was a poop checker. And that means I had to sniff the diaper to make sure if she went win or not. And if I had to change it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Gagged many times. It was not pleasant. These beautiful babies that we goo-goo and gaga over, yet they make the most horrific messes. And they don't always smell like Johnson & Johnson baby lotion. And you're like, oh, wow. Now, it's cute when they're babies. But if they're 25 years of age and you're still changing their diapers, I think many of you would no longer call them cute. You would no longer call them adorable. I think a lot of us would have a problem with that because they never grew up. And I think that's what Paul was talking about. He was saying, you guys haven't grown up yet. He said, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal? And walk as men. Paul said, you're feeding your old nature and you're starving your new nature. What you should have killed and buried, you are now resurrecting the old man, the old nature, and you're depriving your new nature because you're causing division and strife in the body because you're comparing yourself with another. You're envious of your brother's anointing 
and you're envious of their blessings and you're jealous because God is using them and not you. That's what Paul was saying. Can I just pause right there for a moment and say we are not in competition with one another. This is not about how good you can sing or how well you can play. This is not how good and eloquent you can speak or how you can move and sway and manipulate the crowds. It's not about how many you've prayed for and how many you think you've healed or how many words God has spoken over you. This is not your church. This is not my church. This is God's church. This is God's body. This is God's holy temple. And we're not on display. He is. For the moment, Brother McIntosh, that I try to get the glory, the moment I try to steal the show is the moment I become like the devil and not like God. Again, this is not about you and it's not about me. It's all about Him and what He can do. For we can't heal anybody. We can't deliver anybody. We can't save anybody. Only God can. Only God alone can heal. Only God alone can deliver. Only God alone can set free. So Paul was saying, stop. Comparing yourself with one another. For when you compare yourself among yourself, you are not wise. 1 Corinthians 6, 6 says, I, Paul, have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So that neither is he that plants anything and neither he that waters, but God gives the increase. It's all about him. He's the one that heals. He's the one that delivers. He's the one that forgives. It's God that gives the increase. So he says in verse 8, Now he that plants and he that watereth are one. Somebody shout one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Ye are the Lord's. Ye are His. His work. His creation. His building. His temple. You are the temple of God. We are laborers together. Working together for the building of His temple. Anybody believe that? Put your hands together. It's what it's all about. One purpose. One mission, one vision, his vision. I remember meeting with leaders several years ago and at our normal times where we would get together, I would ask them, what's your vision for the new year? 
and many would say their visions and all of that, but I had one guy say, I'm not telling you my vision until you tell me your vision. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Jesus. God, change his spirit or move him on. I'm telling you, there is one purpose, one mission. It is God's vision. You say, Pastor, what is that vision? It is to get this message out there so that this world might know Him. We are to go ye into all the world and preach and proclaim this gospel. That's our vision. That's our mission. We can't get mad that somebody else is used of God. God's not looking for ability. That's why pastor's standing behind this pulpit and preaching. He knew I couldn't do it. But God can. He takes the foolishness of preaching to save. I'm telling you, we've got everything we need. A world that is utter chaos, Brother Archie. We talked about it. We've got fires brewing. We've got COVID burning. I mean, it's crazy. It's everywhere. Lightning strikes in, in California in the sunny season. What's that all about? God's coming. And we've got to understand, I've got to get this message out. Can I just tell you, mature Christians, spiritual individuals, they use their gifts to build others. That's what our gift's about. Whether you can sing, whether you can play, whether you can preach, whether you're an usher, a greeter, whatever that is, we use our gifts to build others. That's what a Christian, that's what a spiritual individual's all about. But an immature Christian, a carnal person, uses their gift to boast. Look how good I sang. Look how good I prayed. Did you not see me lay my hands on that person and they received the Holy Ghost? Did you not see me pray for that individual and cancer was gone? Carnal people boast about their gifts. God help us to understand that this gift, this anointing, it is not for us, but it's designed to give out. It's designed to share. As we freely receive, we are to freely give. That is our mission. And to do that, we must work together. The apostolic church must work together to fulfill God's great commission. I want to be a part of that. I want, the war, I want the Lord to one day look at me. Look through the life of Mickey Grogan, of Michael Allen Grogan II. I want him to look into my life and I want him to say, not how many great sermons I preached, not how many great people and lives I've touched, but I want him to look and say, hey, I'm pleased in you. If this world never remembers my name, 
If nothing ever goes down in history and nobody else even throws Grogan's name anywhere, as long as God looks at me and says, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Well done, thy good and faithful temple. Got to get it out there. For the Lord talks about this. 1 Corinthians 3, he says, Know ye not that you're the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Do you realize what you have? Do you realize what you possess? God dwelling in you. Temples of God, temples of the Holy Ghost, temples of His Spirit. He said, if you realize that, he says in verse 17, if any man defiles the temple of God, God's temple, God's holy temple, if anybody defiles the temple, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you, don't defile your temple. Don't disregard your sanctuary. You gotta guard your temple. You gotta guard what comes in and what goes out. You gotta guard, you gotta protect this temple. I don't know about you, but I, I can't allow this temple to be overcome with bitterness. I can't allow this temple to be ruled by offense. You say, Pastor, you don't know what they did. You don't, you don't know what they said. I don't care. The moment you allow offense, the moment you allow bitterness, the moment you allow unforgiveness is the moment you defile this temple. And I can't allow the spirit of competition to get in. I can't allow this world to get in and corrupt the Lord's temple. Because this temple is holy. It's not me, but it is him. Because, Brother Mondo, he dwells in here. He abides in here. If I destroy this temple, God will destroy it. For His temple is holy. And I've got news for the adversary in this world today. That this temple is important. This temple is essential. And God is asking a question on a Sunday morning in Tulare, California. What kind of temple are you? For he wants to dwell in you. He wants to occupy that space. And I don't know about you, but I'm praying for a fresh baptism of his spirit. In my life, in my soul today, 
You may not need it. You may not comprehend it. You may not understand it, but God, this preacher is standing behind this sacred desk today and I'm praying, I'm pleading God, I'm praying for a fresh fire, a fresh anointing, a fresh baptism of your spirit. Oh, would you lift up your voice with me? Come on, would you lift up your voice with me? Would you begin to pray, God, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Come on, lift up your voice right now. What kind of temple are you? for the Holy Ghost right now I feel him beginning to saturate us right now there's a knock there's a calling right now anybody hear it anybody feel it anybody understand it today more than ever I need you God I need you Jesus come on lift up your voice today well, I feel that old song burning on the inside of me. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Bless me now. Bless me now, my Savior. As I'm coming, I'm running. I'm falling at your feet because I need you, God. I can't go another step without your touch. I can't go another minute without feeling you. Come on, build the right temple. Let God begin to move. Let God begin to operate. Let God begin to saturate you again. Come on, run to Him. Run to Him today. Yes, God, I'm in need of you. I'm in need of you in this hour, at this moment. Oh, I feel him right now. 